You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody, welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we have got Mr. Clayton Wood back for episode three of his Shop Talk series, and we are going to talk about all things prescriptions today. Clayton, what is up, my man? Everything's going good here. How's everybody doing this week? Excited for football? Oh, my God, you have no idea. What are your teams? I'm going to ask a really bad question here. Is this opening weekend? Yeah. Week one, week zero was last week, but that's like all the, I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like for, is college and NFL really kicking off on Labor Day weekend? NFL is next weekend. Okay. Um, That's what I wanted to see because it it never starts on Labor Day. I wasn't asking it because I don't follow it. I just was going to be really surprised. If they actually no, started it's late. college. I just went to Publix yesterday and spent like $800 on food and uh, <laughs> just, just about to get after it tomorrow. 700 well, of it was beer, probably $100 for <laughs> chicken wings. Some champagne, some beer. Yeah. Well, the, um, the NFL probably what? Start Thursday night, right? Uh, yeah, the first game Thursday. is Thursday night. Yep. Um, and then obviously everything else will be on, on Sunday. But uh yeah, man, I'm looking forward very much, very much to football. It's like the past few months when there's nothing on except for baseball is is absolutely brutal. And I feel I feel re-energized. I feel ready to go. I'm gonna fire up the smoker tomorrow at probably when it's still dark and it's gonna be um it's gonna be a good time. What are you smoking? I'm going to do some ribs tomorrow. And then I'm also, I've also got a fryer that I do. um, I make wings um, and they're pretty damn good. And then just like meatballs and whatever other, you know, football type of food and stuff that other people are going to bring. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to be just completely lurched at about 3.30 PM. So it's not going to matter. It's a bit, I mean, it's the weekend for it. It's the Labor Day weekend. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Hey man, I, I guess just to kick into this quick, yep. Uh, what we're doing here on this four episode series, or more if we decide to do more, is just to help the PNC brokers, the audience of the of this podcast, just to understand there is a way to add an extra revenue stream to their business by cross selling, and and not only add a revenue stream but protect 
their clients, you know, because sooner or later, a big box brokerage firm is going to come in and try to kick you out. I mean, all of us independent agencies are, are in trouble in that case. So our goal here is to educate you on the employee benefit side so you can be dangerous as the audience. So today, the, the topic is prescriptions and how it all the whole world works. I think everybody's probably heard about a pharmacy benefit manager, yep. but no one really knows what they do, you know, at all, at all. I mean, they, and to me, they're like the cartel of the industry. <laughs> I mean, they, they are, there's so many gag clauses and so many uh, non-transparent contracts out there that just, you really don't know what they're doing. So uh, just a high level, they're the ones that create the formularies, which you've probably heard before, which means they're the ones that say you could take this drug, but not that drug. When you, let's say it's like an insulin, so you could take this one versus that one, or if it's a high cholesterol medicine, et cetera. And mm-hmm. ultimately is they kind of decide those copays that you have for those drugs. So how they make money is where we get into it. Well, PBMs are making money in two ways. So they make money through the spread. So like adding profit to the drug or rebates. So to give you a quick example on spread. So Every plan out there that we work with has diabetics. Nowadays, there's so many diabetics out there, which they're taking insulin. Mm-hmm. So one, a really popular insulin, Humalog, uh, it takes about, to get Humalog from the manufacturer to the pharmacy, it costs about $250. The employees pay $25, $50 copays, but the PBM, pharmacy benefit manager, charges plans the rest of it. They charge plans anywhere from, I've seen Humalog go for $1,200. I've seen Humalog go for $1,700. Jeez. So it's like, why in the heck are these PBMs charging an extra $1,000 a month or a, a prescription when these come through? And, so, that's get, and that's getting charged to the the employer. Exactly. Yeah, the employees pay their copay, so they don't right. see it. But right. if it costs only 250 bucks to get there, I mean, why are they charging that much? So that's, the, that's spread. Yep. The next thing is rebates. So every, pretty much every specialty drug has a rebate. There's about 300 of them out there. And what that says is, give you another one, the number one grossing revenue drug in the country last year is Humira. I think it did about 22 billion alone, just Jesus. one drug. To get to the pharmacy, it costs about $6,000 a month. Employees pay a $200 copay because it's specialty. The plan mm-hmm. gets charged 5,800. So just like, if you got a new refrigerator or a phone and you get that little rebate card, you send it in and you get a Visa gift card back. The PBMs are doing the same thing. They're aggregating everybody's specialty drugs or sending it in and getting that rebate back. Hmm. If you're fully insured plan, the carriers are keeping that or the PBM is. So like Humera, that 6,000 bucks a month, that rebate's about $1,500 a month. So it's like, it's a huge profit driven. So when they're creating that formulary, saying which drugs you can go to. I mean, why would they send you to the cheaper drug when they make more money on the more expensive drug? Right. So, so there's a couple of ways to combat this. I think people understanding that's really important because it's because of the non-transparent gag clauses, they really don't see what happens in the background. So putting a pharmacy benefit manager that's transparent in is really important. Nowadays, there's a special term for them. They're called pass-through PBMs, which means they don't add any spread to the drugs. And they pass on 100% of the rebates. So they kind of pass through. The okay. only thing they do is typically, there's a couple of ways they do it. They'll, and they're always transparent about it, is they either charge like a, a maintenance fee for every drug that comes through, or maybe like a little percentage. So like one of them that's newer 
that Mark Cuban came out with. I'm sure you've seen him, the cost mm. plus drugs. He's mm-hmm. adding 15 to like 25% onto every prescription. Still a significant cheaper than most of your PBMs out there, but that would be kind of like a cost plus type of plan. You know, it's interesting that the that the prescriptions are going to that model because there's actually grocery stores that started doing that same cost plus model mm-hmm. like 15 years ago. It, it's crazy. Um, it's so transparent. It's scary to think how much we really pay ultimately for prescriptions when you understand the cost. And I don't think that anybody with a reasonable amount of intelligence would be upset if the cost was 15 to 20 percent, you know, their cost was 15 to 20 percent more understanding a business has to have margin to get that drug into your hands. Right. So. It makes all the sense in the world to me, and I think that anybody that owns a business that has to manage total PNL would understand that almost immediately. And it's so predictable because if if you're going from one plan year to the next, you're still going to have a diabetic. They're still going to be taking their monthly insulin. You're still going to have somebody on high cholesterol, high um, let, let whatever Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis. Those those ongoing conditions are going to be continuing every year, every month. So it's mm-hmm. so predictable on what these costs are coming in. So to manage those costs, if you know the data that's coming in, then you fix, find strategies around it. So, I mean, just like that, just being able to pay for the prescriptions cheaper, that, I mean, that's saving companies about 10 to 20% on just the prescription plan. What's really saving money past that is how we're doing alternative sourcing. So there's, you don't need to go through the pharmacy benefit model to get your prescriptions anymore. Uh, some, some people have seen mail order in the past with specialty drugs, but there's a way to go even farther. Every specialty drug out there has a charity set up. They call it a patient assistance program. And what those charities say is, hey, whatever your insurance company doesn't cover, we'll help you cover the rest. So what they're saying, we'll pay your copay, you know? So obviously it's a marketing plan. They'll pay the $200 copay because they know they're going to charge the plan 5,800. But if you really dive into the contracts, they say that exact thing. So what we've done with our plan designs, and we have a vendor that helps us do this, is we manipulate this plan design to say, we don't cover anything of this drug. So those charities cover 100% of those prescriptions. So now it's free to the employee, free to the plan. So, I mean, we're doing Humira's $6,000 a month, $72,000 a year all the time. I'm seeing Tremphia lately a ton. I'm not sure what it does, but it's $12,000 a month. Uh, I had a. I could give you. I could give you a very personal example. Um, My youngest son has special needs, and he's on a number of prescriptions. But because of some of his sensory issues, he has to go to a special dentist. Mm -hmm. And when he goes to the dentist, literally, no matter what it is they do to him, he has to have he has to have anesthesia for that. Mm Anesthesia is not covered under the insurance at all. But you know my wife is resourceful enough that she found one of these charities that all you had to do was go and apply for the grant. And he's had to have two different procedures. And I want to say that we saved a couple of thousand dollars across both of them because this charity came up and provided us with the grant for the anesthesia. Hmm. And, you know, then it becomes the debate. Could we have financially afforded him to have the anesthesia? And the answer is, yeah, we could have, we could have just paid for it. But I also look at it and think to myself, for all of the tax money I've paid and everything no else shit. that helps other people, if we qualify for this, why wouldn't we use it, right? And so 
it's been um, it, it's always interesting with Ethan to see because my wife, because of what she does for a living, has to deal a lot with how how insurance companies pay uh, because she's she works for a company that um, makes augmentative communication devices for people who are nonverbal, but have the cognitive ability to speak. So funding is a massive part of that dealing with Medicaid and, and just standard insurance companies and everything else. So she knows how to navigate the waters when it comes to advocating for Ethan, which is absolutely perfect as far as, you know, who his mother is, because Mm -hmm. that's what he needs. But, you know, in listening to you talk, this is my this is my perception of where we're at right now in the health insurance marketplace. You know, I look back at the late 90s, early 2000s, and the buzzwords were consumer-driven healthcare, consumer-driven mm-hmm. healthcare. We want you to have an, a health savings account so that you have the ability to save money tax-free that you can use then to pay for a high-deductible health plan and all the qualifications that went in there. And it was a great idea until it wasn't. And the fact of the matter is the average consumer can't manage their own health care. They're not educated in the ways of managing everything that we've talked about on the first two and a half episodes so far. The average consumer doesn't know what to do with that. The reason we have a leg up is because I'm in the insurance industry and my wife deals with insurance funding for her company for a living. But I think, the, I think of the average person that works for one of my clients. And if they were told, we can save you a lot of money, but you have to manage your benefits. You know, you have to manage your pharmacy. You have to manage and all this. They're going to look at me and be like, how do I do that? Right. So I really think that when we've started moving into this whole level funding thing, it kind of combines the best of everything, in my opinion. You know, it gives the it gives the business owner some level of flexibility in what they're going to do, but they don't have to have all the knowledge to manage it. But at the same time, they're also not relying on the insurance company to be the Boy Scout in the whole deal and manage it to their best interest. That's I mean, having a third party like your your organization looking after this stuff is a huge advocacy that the average person out there buying benefits right now needs. And they probably don't even realize. I think it's funny that to start when you said consumer driven healthcare plan, I mean, that was such a marketing ploy to really say, hey, and what? let's move all these employees to a high deductible health plan, which says they have to cover everything up to their deductible. So it's just this marketing plan to make it sound really good and cool. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, let's just make employees pay more. I mean, that's well, all yeah, it is. it's that. And then the problem is you're relying on employees that have a debit, debit card that's non-discriminatory in terms of purchases. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you. I was standing in line at Publix one day and a guy bought a case of beer and a couple bags of chips and I watched him pull out his United Healthcare HSA card and slide it. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I'm sure he'll get caught on that one, but hey. I'm, at some I'm, point, yeah, right? <laughs> but still, like that that's like that's not what it's designed for. So right. I think right. I think that it's it, you know. I think we figured out that you can't let the fox rule the hen house, right? And we've sort of stepped back and said, okay, good idea in theory, bad idea in practice. Let's figure out a way to where everybody can win. And I, th- I think we're finally getting there, man. And you also mentioned level funding, and which is it, the point of level funding. It's truly a self-funded plan, but what it does is it takes your max claims liability and divides it by 12 and you, your max funding is what it's called, and which is a good step. It's a great step, which allows you to start seeing your data, where your claims are going and coming from. 
But at the end of the day, if you don't act on that data, who cares if you're transparent? You know, I mean, yes, you're going to see it. So I think that's the big step is I would say most brokers have you in that retail fully insured world, about 75% of brokers, maybe 20%, 20 plus percent of brokers will get you a level funded plan. But there's not many brokers that just know how to act on it. Everybody can tell you what's wrong. Everybody knows how to point to the problem, but who knows to fix it? I mean, that's just the hardest part of our industry. Not many know how. Well, that's no different than us, man. I mean, that's what we preach every single day. Even the agents that are out there using the software to audit experience modification factors, many of them don't know the next step, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing for me. I always explain to my clients, you're going to have a lot of people who can come in here with a diagnosis, but very few have the treatment plan. Very few understand how to execute on everything that's necessary to drive those costs down. That's what makes us different. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that are successful just going out and presenting concept without ever having to execute on the back end. And the mod softwares and things that we see on the PNC side of the house right now dictate that. I mean, my good friend Todd Tams has Mod Advisor. We use Mod Advisor. I tell everybody they should use Mod Advisor, but they need to use it the right way. And it's not as simple as just scanning in the mod worksheet, right? The whole point is auditing it to make sure that it's right. If I just scan in what we're supposed to audit, what am I auditing? Nothing, because I'm relying on that data that may be bad. But agents do that because it's easy. It's the easy way out. You scan it in. It prints you out a, a report that's got bright colors and big pictures. And you can look like you know everything under the sun. But it may not be right, you know. That's why I always advocate do it the right way. Step back, enter the information from loss runs, use the real loss data and the real payroll data, see what the number comes out as when you when you hit the button on the software, then compare that result to the mod worksheet. And if they're different, you know there's a problem. Now you know how to troubleshoot. But it's not just that. It's understanding, you know, frequency and severity of claims, root cause of claims, all of those other things. And it's it's parallels so much what you do on the benefit side because that's the only way you can control cost if you you know if you see that i don't know if you see that there are issues i, I remember a, a few years ago you know pre-covid but the flu had gotten really bad probably like 10 years ago everywhere you went everybody was educating on proper washing of hands and sanitization and everything else how did they know that because half their staff was sick with the flu so they knew they needed to do something to fix it the problem is most agents go in and all they do is put up the sign. They don't actually monitor and do all the things they need to do. So kudos to you guys for actually executing. So I think what you're saying is you should probably take the extra two minutes. Yeah, and <laughs> plug the book uh, and, and step back. But at the end of the day, maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's a misalignment of interest. I mean, if you're making a percentage of the premium on your workers comp uh, premiums, I mean, why would they? take an extra two minutes and lower your cost because that means they get a pay cut. You know, nobody wants that. Right. So, well, I mean, it's just a non-transparent way of doing it. You just explained why we service fee business. That way everybody understands what they're paying us for. And, you know, that that's the neat part. And I don't think, listen, people, if you're a PNC agent, you still don't understand why service fee is good. Let me explain to you exactly why it's good. I can save my client $200,000. And if you're making 10 points on that $200,000, you lost 20,000. I can go to my client and say, I saved you $200,000. I want a $20,000 raise. All I'm asking you for is 10% of the savings. How hard do you think it is for me to convince somebody to give me more money for saving them more? It's Mm -hmm. not. They happily will do that. 
That's why in our service fee arrangements, we build in a game share provision that says if we reduce your total costs by X number of dollars, we get a bonus of X number of dollars, period. That's the way it should be, man. We are so non-transparent in compensation. It's disgusting. I mean, if you look at any consultants out there, they're charging a percentage of savings. You, you got a material waste consultant, you got a quality control consultant, you have all, they're all charging percentage of savings. So why can't we, why are we doing that? And like everybody wants to, in our industry, be compared to doctors and attorneys and all this stuff. But if you, if you don't act like one, they're not going to treat you like one. You know, if you're just going to point to a number on a spreadsheet, they're never going to treat you like like one. So that like that's why we always take that step is we don't we don't ask for an agent of record or broker of record. Like we just we do this dating consulting project work for them, which is a 30 day project, and we guarantee a savings rate and charge 10 percent of that. And we don't reach them, we hand it right back to them. So it's like it's you're getting paid for your work, and and you kind of get to date them as you go, and you say, hey, at the end of the project, if you hire me as your broker. I'll also return the fee and we'll charge something flat. So on the savings that we saved you. So it's yeah, just exactly. a, a more, it's a, just it's, a great way to do it. Yeah. Same thing that we do on the, you know, when we go in and, and engage with somebody early a month after renewal, mm-hmm. that's the number one question. How do you get paid? Well, we find mm-hmm. money, right? Like we'll do the experience mod analysis. We'll open the audits. We'll review everything. And if there's money that was left on the table, then we'll go challenge the carriers file aggravated inequities with, NCCI, and that is 100% a split of whatever found money we have. Right. What client is not going to be willing to split money with you that, that they, they already lost? Even, they didn't even know it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm. What else do we need to talk about on uh, pharmacy? Scripts. No, I guess just to, to take it back to the PNC world, I mean, your, especially small companies, 50 to 150 employees, prescriptions are a problem it's going to be one of their highest percentage of claims. And it's because they're going to have one person that has a Stellara that's $20,000 a month. And if you think about it, if let's say an employer is 50 employees, they're spending half a million dollars in health insurance premium a year. Well, you have a Stellara that's 200, costing you 200,000. Well, that's a $200,000, $300,000 increase. So do you think a company of 50 employees can go from spending a half a million to 800,000 in a year difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a significant change. So some, either they have that problem now or they're going to have that problem in the future. I mean, it's an inevitable. Prescriptions costs are going up. So at the end of the day, your clients probably don't have a solution like this in place, most likely. And, and you could easily figure that out by just saying, hey, do, do you see a lot of prescriptions on your plan? I mean, you really don't even need to ask it that far. I'm, I'm sure they'll probably complain about it. So if you ever hear anything like that, I mean, bring in a partner. Honestly, at the end of the day, we kind of, with our referral partners, we kind of got to a point is we know who our clients that are open to different solutions. So right now, all we're doing now is just sending an email and CCing the partner on saying, hey, look, just wanted to introduce you to Kyle or David. Uh, They're doing great in the workers' comp space. Wanted to let you introduce each other. I'm going to step back. If you need anything, let me know. And that's what we're doing nowadays on our partners, the ones that we trust, we're not just throwing any partner in there. True. Uh, but I mean, you know, your clients that are open to that. And if you can open up a revenue stream and say, Hey, this guy has a really good prescription idea. I think you should definitely build that stream and build the mode around your client. So and I think that kind of wraps it up on prescription. Any thoughts on from you guys? No, it's just, I think that any PNC agency out there right now that is not even 
having a conversation with their clients about benefits, whether they sell them or not, is opening up an opportunity for somebody else to come in and have that conversation. And your property and casualty relationship is at, at risk at that point. This is so closely mirroring what you talk about on the workers' compensation side, that if you can have the conversation on comp, you can listen for the buzzwords and the triggers you need to hear to move it to a benefits conversation. I can't tell you how important it is that you have an ally like some somebody like Clayton and his firm at Wood Financial that can step in and help you with this stuff. This guy does nothing at all with property and casualty. He has nothing at all to do with trying to, to take your account from you. If anything, he is going to be a fortress around that account so that somebody else can't get in. And when he saves that kind of money, do you think your client's not going to be happy you made hmm. that introduction? Come on, people. Come on. Hey, how do they find you, man? LinkedIn, my website. Uh, you can find me LinkedIn, Clayton Wood, company CB Wood Financial. Uh, just message me there. Shoot me an email. Uh, all our contacts um, on my profile. So go ahead and find us there. Sweet. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap this one up. We will catch you next week when we wrap up our chat with Clayton talking about his new book, Chronic Costs. Nice. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes